Welcome back to Idgits and Ass Butts. My name's Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 6, called No Exit. We start in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There's a girl in her apartment. Her lights are flickering, and she's talking on the phone. She says, I checked the fuses. They're fine. It's the wiring. Look, you promised this place to be ready when I moved in. No, you come up here now. She hangs up and notices some black goo on the table. Um, so she sticks her finger in it. Like a weirdo. Dude. <laughs> Why would you, if it's an unidentified, like, goo, sticky, gooey <laughs> substance... Why would you touch it? Like, no, at the very least, I would get my nose close to it and do a little sniffing. Yeah. But I wouldn't touch it. No, 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 Like, I mean, put on a glove, sure, and then touch it. You're but, right. But, like, even then, you don't know if it's going to burn through the glove and then, like, you have yeah. no finger anymore. Like, I don't know. Exactly. That's just where my brain goes. It's like, you'll be missing limbs if you touch yeah. this. <laughs> right? Okay. So then some drips onto her shirt. She hears some rustling in the ceiling, and then it travels over to the wall. There's a light switch on the wall that's missing its cover plate, and the black goo starts oozing out of it. And she's, like, surprisingly calm about this entire situation. She's just like, huh. She's like, this fucking oh, apartment. Huh. God. You know, like, One whatever. You know, yeah. like, this, she, you could tell she's just, like, done. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. This apartment sucks, and, oh, hey, look, there's another thing going wrong. Exactly. <laughs> so she gets really close to it to investigate, and suddenly there's an eye staring at her through it. Sketchy. So creepy. Ugh. <laughs> and the eye, like, dilates and looks a little, like, cloudy and gross and dead. Ugh. is is a good eye. Like, you know when they do the, um... Oh... It's usually, they use it a lot of times with, like, dragons and that sort of stuff. Like, in Lord of the Rings, like, Mm -hmm. you sneak up on this dragon, all of a sudden the eye, like, opens up and does, like, the weird shifting and all that sort of stuff. Like, that's kind of what reminded me of, like, one of those moments. Right, right. So, then we get our opening title sequence, and then we see Sam and Dean outside the roadhouse. Dean says, Los Angeles, California, a young girl's been kidnapped by an evil cult. Sam says, yeah, girl got a name. Dean says, Katie Holmes. Sam laughs and says, that's funny. And for you, so bitchy. Which I really liked. Sam saying bitchy for some reason. It just seems so out of character for it him. It is. I love it. Um, from inside the roadhouse, we hear Joe and Ellen yelling at each other. Joe yells, I'm going. Ellen yells, over my dead body. Joe yells, you're flipping out over nothing. Dean says, cat fight, and they go inside. He's so excited for it, too. Yeah, he's like, we need some front row seats to this. Um, Ellen is saying, I am your mother. I don't have to be reasonable. I'm going to use that. I like that a lot. (laughs) I mean, okay, but, like, if your mom were to use that on you. Oh, no. I mean, I just want to shake her. (laughs) But, like, but am I going to use it when Killian's a teenager? You bet your sweet ass. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to be reasonable. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm your mother. Um, Joe says, you can't keep me here. And Ellen says, don't you bet on that, sweetie. <laughs> Joe says, what are you going to do? Are you going to chain me up in the basement? And Ellen says, you know, you've had worse ideas than that recently. You don't want to stay? Don't. Go back to school. Joe says, I didn't belong there. I was a freak with a knife collection. Ellen says, yeah, but getting yourself killed on some dusty back road, that's where you belong? Ellen turns around and notices the boys. She says, guys, bad time. Sam says, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes, I'm out. Yes, right. sir. <laughs> Dean says, we rarely drink before 10 anyway. They go to leave, but Joe says, wait, I want to know what they think about this. Ellen says, I don't care what they think. And then a young family walks into the roadhouse. With their Nebraska shirt. Yeah, on. <laughs> with two toddlers. Yeah, it's like, I heart Nebraska. <laughs> with little corns on it. Yeah. <laughs> The dad asks, are you guys open? Ellen yells no at the same time. Or Ellen yells yes at the same time Joe yells no. And the family leaves. They're <laughs> just like, oh. We're, they, I think they're, they're like, we're going to go to the Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the phone rings and Joe stares at it until Ellen answers it. Um, Joe holds out some research to Dean. She says, three weeks ago, a young girl disappeared from a Philadelphia apartment. Dean doesn't take the papers. So Joe says, take it. It won't bite. Dean says, no, but your mom might. He is so afraid of Ellen, and I just love it. Yeah, I love it, too. Like, I don't, there are very few instances where Dean just has, like, automatic, like, you don't mess with this person. Right. And, like, 
she is one of those people. Yeah. And I think it's amazing. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> so she gives him a look and Dean takes the research. Joe says, this girl wasn't the first. Over the past 80 years, six women have vanished, all from the same building, all young blondes. It only happens every decade or two, so cops never eyeball the pattern. So we're either dealing with one very old serial killer. Dean interrupts and asks, who put this together? Ash? Joe says, I did it myself. Sam says, I gotta admit, we hit the road for a lot less. Ellen says, good. You like the case so much, you take it. Joe's like, mom. (laughs) You're giving away my homework. Yeah. (laughs) But Ellen says, Joanna Beth, this family has lost enough. I I won't lose you too. I just won't. So we cut to Sam and Dean in Philadelphia, breaking into the dead girl's apartment. Sam says, I feel kind of bad snaking Joe's case. Dean says, well, maybe she put together a good file, but could you see her out here working one of these things? I don't think so. So Sam's been EMFing and noticed some of... <laughs> that just sounds funny to me every time. I'm sorry. <laughs> EMFing. I like it. <laughs> um, so he's EMFing and he notices some of the black goo on the light switch. Sam says, holy crap. And Dean says, it's ectoplasm. Well, Sam, I think I know what we're dealing with here. It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. It looks like black gack. You know that gack stuff that you make when you're oh, yeah. like cornstarch or whatever that like if you like mess with it, it gets kind of turns it more into a solid. And yeah. then like if you just kind of let it sit, it just like runs and drips yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It's like thick and like kind of oily looking. Yeah. 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 Um, Sam says I've only seen this stuff like twice I mean to make this stuff you have to be one majorly pissed off spirit Dean says alright let's find this badass before he snags any more girls so out in the hallway they hear from around the corner the apartment manager talking to a woman about possibly renting a space it's Joe Dean says what the hell are you doing here (laughs) Joe says there you are honey she puts her arm around him and says to the manager this is my boyfriend Dean and his buddy Sam the manager says, that's quite a gal you got there, which, I mean, is a little creepy. I mean, a little. Yeah. And, like, yeah, just, she's clearly much younger than he is. Yeah. You know? like- yeah. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, she's a pistol, while he grabs her inappropriately. <laughs> well, like, okay, to me, it just seems like he's like, get over here, because I don't trust you right now. You know? Oh, to me, it looked like an ass grab. I mean, it also could have been. Yeah. <laughs> it is Dean. Right. So there's She that. looked like she was not excited about where he was putting her his hands. Yeah, she looked a little, yeah, like, shocked. that's true. But I don't know. <laughs> so she asked Dean if they checked out the apartment yet. Dean says yes and that he loved it. The manager's like, how did you get in? And Dean says the door was open. The manager says the last tenant cut and run about a month ago and stiffed him for rent. Um, which she didn't, right? She freaking, like, disappeared. She disappeared. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of lame. <laughs> um, Joe says, well, her loss, our gain. Because if Dino loves it, it's good enough for me. <laughs> Dino. I, yeah. This, only, I think a couple characters in the show call him Dino. And I, I think this think is so. the first time. Yeah. Um, Dean says, oh, sweetie. <laughs> Clearly miffed about the whole Dino incident. Yeah. <laughs> Joe says, we'll take it, and hands the manager a giant wad of cash. Um, Inside the apartment, Joe says to Dean, I'll flip you for the sofa. Dean says, does your mother even know you're here? (laughs) Joe says, I told her I was going to Vegas. Dean's like, you think she's going to buy that? Joe says, I'm not an idiot. I got Ash to lay out a credit card trail all the way to the casinos. (laughs) Dean says, you shouldn't lie to your mom. You shouldn't be here either. Joe says, well, I am, so untwist your boxers and deal with it. You love it. (laughs) I know. Me too. (laughs) Sam asks her where she got all that money from, and she says it's from working at the roadhouse. Dean says, hunters don't tip that well. And Joe says, they aren't that good at poker either. (laughs) Which, I mean, to be fair, that's a lot of how Sam and Dean get their money is, like, gambling hustles and yeah and i know sort of stuff so joe can do it too yeah i love it <laughs> so dean's phone rings and it's ellen asking if joe's with them dean's like oh hi ellen says she left a note <laughs> saying she's headed for vegas i don't believe it for a second um after some whisper threats from joe <laughs> dean says i haven't seen her 
Ellen's like, are you sure about that? And Dean's like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Not convincing at all, by the way. (laughs) Ellen says, if she shows up, you'll drag her butt right back here, won't you? And Dean says, absolutely. (laughs) They hang up, and Joe smiles adorably. Like, (laughs) hee-hee. Yeah, that was a cute smile. So we cut to Joe looking at some blueprints. She says, this place was built in 1924. It was originally a warehouse converted into apartments a few months ago. Dean asks what was there before 1924, and she says nothing. It was an empty field. Sam says, so the most likely scenario, somebody died bloody in the building, and now he's back and raising hell. Joe says she already checked, and in the last 82 years, there have been zero violent deaths. Dean says, so have you checked police reports, county death records? She says, obituaries, mortuary reports, and seven other sources. I know what I'm doing. Dean says, I think the jury's still out on that one. Okay, he's so, kind of being a jerk he is you I know, don't like it I mean I kind of get that he's like trying to protect her or whatever so like me I think he's thinking like maybe if I irritate her enough she'll leave yeah you know like that's the only thing I can get out of this. yeah yeah I don't like it <laughs> I don't like it either Sam says okay so maybe some kind of cursed object that brought a spirit with it Joe says they gotta scan the whole building, and Dean decides that he and Joe will take the top two floors. Joe says we'd make or we'd move faster if we split up. Dean says, "Oh, this isn't negotiable." So we cut to Dean and Joe EMFing around the apartment <laughs> building hallways. <laughs> that did not sound right. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Joe says, so are you going to buy me dinner? Dean's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Joe says, it's just, if you're going to ride me this close, it's only decent to buy me dinner. Okay, so I have a story. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a weird place to say I have a story, but Mm -hmm. I do have a story. Yes, it is. So, when I was in water polo in high school, our coach, because there'd be girls that would like, you know, try and like pull out your swimsuit and just like get all over you and like pinch you in the back of the legs and stuff that hurts so much when people like just like pinch you right in the back of your Mm -hmm. thigh like oh yeah it does not feel good and you know sometimes they just like wouldn't leave you alone so she's like okay the coach was like okay if you gotta do what you gotta do just say like hey at least buy me dinner first or something if they're, yeah. like, grabbing you or, like, hey, can I get your number or something like that after it so that way they leave you alone, right? right. And so, like, the second I was – we watched this, I was, like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> – That sucks that people do that. I mean, that's part of the game. Okay. It's kind of the unwritten rule that, like, whatever the ref doesn't see is legal, so there's I that. See. But still, it's kind of, like – Okay. That sucks. You that know. would really piss me off. Yeah. I mean, when you've got girls that have, like, I mean, literally, on the side of my suit, she had her arm in the top of my suit, like, in the armpit hole and down out the side, like, by my hip, and, like, oh. was dragging me around. Like, her whole arm was attached. And I'm sitting there going, like, hello. You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. I did use it at least by me dinner first on that one, and it didn't really help. A little mm-hmm. bit. You could tell she was kind of like, what? And then, yeah. like, it was like, oh, whatever, you know? Like, yeah. But, yeah. So, there's that. Oh, <laughs> man. I had no idea that was a thing. Oh, yeah. So. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. That's surprising. Um, <laughs> Dean says, it's bad enough I lied to your mom, but if you think I'm letting you out of my sight, I don't know if you notice, but you're kind of the spirit's type. Just says, Exactly. Dean's like, you want to be bait? She (laughs) says, the quickest way to draw it out and you know it. Dean says, I'm so regretting this. I mean, she's not wrong, but at her first rodeo, she should not be like riding bulls. At least go bronc level, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's all in. (sighs) Joe says, you know, I've had it up to here with your crap, your chauvinist crap. You don't think women can do the job. Dean says, sweetheart, this ain't gender studies. Women can do the job fine. Amateurs can't. You got no experience. What you do have is a bunch of half-baked romantic notions that some barfly has put in your head. She says, and now you sound like my mother. I mean, but he's not wrong. Yeah. Dean says, oh, that's a bad thing because let me tell you, Joe, you got options. No one in their right mind chooses this life. My dad started me in this when I was so young. I wish I could do something else. Which is sad. It is sad. It really is. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just wanted to inject that sadness. Um, Joe says, you love the job. Dean says, yeah, but I'm a little twisted. Joe says, you don't think I'm a little twisted too? 
Dean says, Joe, you got a mother that worries about you, who wants something more for you. Those are good things. You don't throw things like that away. They might be hard to find later. So they continue walking, and Joe's EMF reader starts staticking. She's got her back to the wall, and... Um, and near the ground is a vent great thing in the wall. And we see fingers poking out through them and trying to touch her. So sketchy. They are like black, like dirty, like like green. Like grease covered almost. Yeah. yeah. Like somebody been dead for a long time. Yeah. It's kind of like the... Um, <laughs> I went to Italy and we went to, I think it's St. Peter's. It's, yeah, St. Peter's is the one that's in the Vatican City. And they have some of the popes, like the dead popes, on display there, right? Yeah. Like, they dip them in wax and they put them on display. And mm-hmm. it was, like, that color. Oh. It was, like, one of them. You know, like, and you could tell the ones that were, like, you know, le- most recently dead, you know? Because mm-hmm. they were, like, still not, like, decomposed and nasty in their little, like, body shell thing. But, yeah. like... Ugh, that's what it reminded me of was like oh, dead pope so, fingers. That's you know? so gross. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> gross. Man, I had no idea that was a thing. Oh, yeah, I've got pictures too. <laughs> I totally want to see them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh. Okay, so she quickly turns around to look, but the fingers are gone. Dean says, do you smell that? And Joe asks if it's a gas leak. And he says, no, it's something else. I know it. I just can't put my finger on it. <laughs> Joe starts EMFing the vent. Oh, no. And Dean says, Mazel tov. You just found your first spirit. He unscrews the vent and looks inside with his flashlight. He thinks he sees something, so he sticks his whole arm inside. Like, okay, don't do that. Why would you stick your whole arm in a place that you don't know what's back there? Yeah, I would never do something like that. That sounds terrible. Yeah, he is, like, shoulder deep in that wall. Like, (laughs) it is not okay. Yeah, he's, like, his his neck's right there. Like, somebody just has to yank his arm pretty good, and he's got a broken neck. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. He pulls out a piece of scalp with some hair still attached to it. Disgusting. He says, someone's keeping souvenirs. Oh. You know, just... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, we cut okay. to another apartment in the same building. A young blonde walks in and starts going through her mail. Ectoplasm starts dripping down on an invite to a lingerie party. Is that what that was? I thought it was some sort of, like... No, it was, like, lingerie party. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was, I mean, I saw the word dance on there somewhere, and I assumed it was, like, some sort of, you know, neighborhood. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> what, are, what are we looking at? But then, like, the ectoplasm drips on it, and she throws it away. So um, the lights start to flicker, and then she hears a noise coming from the ceiling, and we see a crack that's rapidly growing. She picks up her landline to call for help, but hears a bunch of static and creepy whispering. So she tries to leave her apartment, but the door won't open. The crack from the ceiling travels all the way down the wall to a vent near the floor, and we see fingers poking out again. Then a whole hand, like, reaches out and grabs her leg. She falls over and starts being dragged towards the vent. Okay, I just have to say (laughs) that, like, it doesn't look like the wall is just, like, cracking. It looks like somebody's, like, scraping something along the wall. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's being ripped. It's entirely too sketchy to me. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Also, the way the vent is, there's no way that a hand could go through those little holes. But I know, I know, but, but, it, yeah. but it's a ghost. So I, yeah. I, I, I like the effect, actually, how you yeah. see, like, fingers poking through, but then suddenly the whole hand's through. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Dean waking up in a recliner. Joe says, morning, princess. <laughs> Dean's like, where's Sam? And she says he went to get coffee. Joe says she's been up all night going over the whole case. Um, this whole time, Joe has been flipping a knife over and over, like twirling it in her fingers. So Dean offers her a much bigger knife. <laughs> she says, what's this for? Dean says, it'll work a hell of a lot better than that little pig stick you've been twirling around. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's right. not wrong. She hands Dean her little knife, and he sees that it's engraved with the letters W-A-H. She says, William Anthony Harvell. Dean says, I'm sorry, my mistake. Joe says, what do you remember about your dad? I mean, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Dean says, I was six or seven. He took me shooting for the first time. You know, bottles on a fence, that kind of thing. I bullseyed every one of them, and he would smile like, I don't know. What about your dad? Joe says, I was still in pigtails when my dad died, but I remember him coming home from a hunt. He'd burst through that door like Steve McQueen or something. He'd sweep me up in his arms, and I'd breathe in that old leather jacket of his. My mom, who was sour and pissed from the minute he left, she started smiling again, and we were a family. 
You want to know why I want to do the job? For him. It's my way of being close to him. Now tell me, what's wrong with that? Dean says nothing. I just want to say <laughs> that that whole leather jacket bit, her dad sounds a little bit like Dean. I know. That's a, like, that was one of my, my thoughts, but we could totally talk about it right yeah. now. I'm totally good with that. So, like, do you think that Joe likes Dean because he reminds her of Daddy Harvell? 1,000%. Like, yeah. I mean... And, like, whether it's, like, a like-like or just, like, a she just likes him in general. Yeah. I think it's a like-like. I mean, I do, too. Yeah. And, you know, later on, it's kind of like, okay, I think. But I don't know. You never really get that, like, I don't want to give anything away. But, like. I think this episode changes their feelings for each other. I think that they start this episode being kind of into each other. And I think by the end of it, they are more, like, brother-sister. Yeah. Which kind of bummed me out. Yeah. Because I like Joe so much. Yeah. But. I think if anybody can put up with Dean's nonsense, it's Joe. You oh, know? yeah. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she gives it right back to him. Yeah. yeah. I just love her so much. Yeah. So Sam busts into the apartment and says, there are cops outside. Another girl's disappeared. So we cut to later in the day. Dean walks in um, after talking to the cops and says, Teresa Ellis, apartment 2F. Her boyfriend reported her missing around dawn. Joe asks what her apartment looked like, and Dean says, cracks all over the plaster, walls, and ceiling. There's ectoplasm, too. I'm like, why would he know that she's gone around dawn of all times? Yeah, that's a little like, weird. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Like, Sam. this morning, sure, but dawn? Yeah, that's a little like, weird. Uh... I'm with you. Um, Sam says, between that and the tuft of hair, I'd say the sucker's coming from the walls. Dean says, yeah, but who is it? The building's history is totally clean. Joe picks up a photograph and says, maybe we're looking in the wrong place. The picture is of the empty field where the building was built. She says, take a look next door. The building next door has bars on its windows. It was a prison. So we cut to Joe getting off the phone with Ash. She says, thanks, Ash. Oh, and if you breathe a word of this to my mom, that's right. I will. With pliers. (laughs) I can only infer. Yes. (laughs) That... Possibly his dangly bits. I mean, that's <laughs> probably question. the worst place you want flyers. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's uh, like dangly bits and then teeth. Like, that's the also, order. Or fingernails, maybe. Yeah. Blech. That's even, that just, oh, that makes my hands hurt. Yeah, I don't like I can't it. think about that. So they hang up, and to Sam and Dean, she says, mm, I cannot say this, Moya Mensing Prison. Moya Mensing? I'm guessing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Built in 1835, torn down in 1963, and get this, they used to execute people by hanging them in the empty field next door. So Sam is going through the list of people who have been hanged. There are 157 of them. Then he comes across the name Herman Webster Mudgett, which is H.H. H. Holmes' real name. They do some research and find out that Holmes was executed at Moya Mensing on May 7, 1896, Joe wants to know who he is, and Dean says, the term multi-murderer, they coined it to describe Holmes. He was America's first serial killer before anybody knew what a serial killer was. Sam says he confessed to 27 murders, but some put the death toll at over 100. Dean says um, his preferred victim of choice, pretty petite blondes. He used chloroform to kill them, which is what I smelled in the hallway last night. Okay. (laughs) Just... Why does Dean know the smell of chloroform? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he's chloroformed some monsters before. Did you know that, like, it actually takes quite a bit of time to, like, pass out from chloroform? I'm sure it probably You have to, like, huff it for, like, five or ten minutes before you actually pass out. I wonder if it, like, amount, though, depends... It, no, uh, huh? doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, this is kind of like a. I wonder how much chloroform you'd have to have to like. You know? But that that old that old pickup line, yeah. you know, does this smell like chloroform? Like, <laughs> this smell like chloroform to you? Yes, sir. Get away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that wouldn't quite work. No, to get your dates or whatever. <laughs> At his place, cops found human remains, bone fragments, and long locks of bloody blonde hair. 
Joe says, uh, we just find the bones, salt them, and burn them, right? Sam says, it's not that easy. His body is buried in town, but it's encased in a couple tons of concrete. Good luck. <laughs> Joe's like, why? And Dean says, the story goes that he didn't want anybody mutilating his corpse. Because, you know, it's what he used to do. Which, you know, just doesn't seem fair. That no. they would honor that. You right. Know? Like, they shouldn't. I mean, not saying that I would want to go and, like, mutilate a dead body or anything, but, like... Okay, I'm just going to say this, and we'll talk about this later, but, like, that's real life. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Like, he is buried and surrounded by concrete. Yeah. 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 Because that was his request, because he didn't want anyone to do what he did. Which, That's okay, fucking like, crazy. Here's the thing, is if you can't take it, don't dish it out. Right. Like, <laughs> I know. How, did your mother no. never teach you this? Seriously, Mudget. Like, what the hell? <laughs> God. <laughs> I love that Mudget. <laughs> so Sam says we might have an even bigger problem than that. Holmes built an apartment building in Chicago. They called it the Murder Castle. The whole place was a death factory. They had trap doors, acid vats, quicklime pits. He built these secret chambers inside the walls. He'd lock his victims, his victims in, keep them alive for days. Some he'd suffocate, others he'd starve to death. Joe says, so Teresa could still be alive. She could be inside those walls. Dean says, we need sledgehammers and crowbars. We gotta smash these walls anywhere thick enough to hide a girl. So we cut to Dean and Joe walking in a narrow corridor between the walls. Joe is getting off the phone with Sam, who is checking out the first floor. So Dean's walking ahead of Joe, and he stops and says, it's too narrow, we can't go any further. Joe says, let me see, and tries to scoot by him. <laughs> Very awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. As she's scooting by him, Dean says, ugh, I should have cleaned the pipes. Like, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> Just what? I mean, you know what that means. I mean, do I want to go there? You, you, know, know, you know what it means. Right? I mean, I think I know. I'm pretty sure I know what it means, but it, it might just be me trying to, like, block it out in my mind. Just, like, don't think, don't, don't you should have, like... I mean... <laughs> so that he's all cleaned out. I, <laughs> but, like, why? <laughs> So that he wouldn't get excited. But why would he say... I mean, yeah, but, like, why would you say that? Okay, you wouldn't. You wouldn't say that <laughs> ever. Thing. You don't like, do that. That's what I'm confused about. Like, okay, like, clearly Dean is a lecherous person. He's yeah. going to have those thoughts in his mind, more than likely. However, that does not mean it's kosher to say those things out loud. It like, is never okay to say that out loud. Especially when it's, like, a situation that you, like have to be in for a second and then it's like that awkward like well i should you know like no, yeah no, 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 yeah no. why yeah you you never say that no joe says what <laughs> and he says oh i uh i just wish the pipes were clean she, <laughs> she, she tells him to shut up <laughs> and that Good for her yeah and that she can fit down the passageway dean's like you're not going in there by yourself but she says you got a better idea she gets past Dean, finally, <laughs> and turns a couple of corners. Then she climbs down an air duct, which is just stupid. I just, I don't know. Don't go. Don't, don't do it. Don't go climbing down. Yeah. Just, and, like, it looks don't. like you probably won't be able to get out of there very easily either. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. So Joe and Dean are talking on the phone at this point. Joe gets stuck at a very narrow point in the passageway, and she sees ectoplasm start pouring out of the wall. Dean's like, Joe... And then we hear her scream. So Dean runs down the stairs and then starts axing a wall. He finds her phone, but not her. So Dean and Sam run into each other. And Dean says, he's got Joe. Sam says, what? How'd that happen? Dean says, I wasn't with her. I left her alone. Damn it. Sam says, don't worry. We'll find her. Dean's like, where? Sam is like, inside the walls. Dean says, we were inside those walls all night. None of the other girls are there. She won't be there either. Sam says, look, take a beat and think about this. Maybe we got Holmes' M.O. wrong. Dean's phone rings. It's Ellen. She says, you lied to me. <laughs> She's there. Ash told me everything. The man's a genius, but he folds like a cheap suit. 
Now you put my damn daughter on the phone. You bat rastard. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, she's going to have to call you back. She's uh, taking care of feminine business. Oh, come on. That like, is the at least say thing. she's just going to the bathroom or something, you know? Right. Like, or she's taking a shower or... Because, I mean, the cobwebs. Okay, let me just right. say that I would not be okay with all those cobwebs in there. Like, no. I'd be like, you want me to explore? Uh-uh. You clean this place first. <laughs> yeah, there's no fucking way. There is no way. Ellen says, yeah, right. Where is she? Dean says, look, we'll get her back. Which, okay, you shouldn't have said. <laughs> Ellen's like, back from what? And Dean says, the spirit we're hunting. It took her. She'll be okay, I promise. Ellen says, you promise? That is not the first time I've heard that from a Winchester. <sighs> if anything happens to her, Dean says, it won't. I won't let it. Ellen, I'm sorry. I really am. She says, I'm taking the first flight out. I'll be there in a few hours. And she hangs up. Dean says, damn it. (laughs) Oh, I'm in it now. (laughs) Sam says, don't beat yourself up, Dean. There's nothing you could have done. Dean's like, tell me you got something. Sam says, look, if you look at the layout of the Holmes murder castle, there's other, there's, if you look at the layout of the Holmes murder castle, there's other torture chambers inside the walls, right? But there's one we haven't considered yet. The one in his basement. Dean says, this building doesn't have a basement. Sam says, beneath the foundations, it looks like part of an old sewer system. Yuck. Okay, sewers, no. Why is it always the sewers, too? Uh, Because that's where the creepy shit is. Well, I mean, also, (laughs) not so creepy, but shit. That's where the shit and the creepy shit is. (laughs) So we cut to Joe waking up. She's laying down inside a big lock metal coffin-shaped box. Um, I have no idea what the purpose of that box is. Like, did he put it there? Or there's like, a, there's a it... couple of them down there. So I'm just not sure. Storage? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It almost kind of looks like we're... I mean, like, okay, not that I've ever seen, like, any sort of anything that people have been, like, cremated in before. But, mm-hmm. like, it looks to me like... I'm kind of like, like an oven, yeah. She's going to get cremated, isn't she? You know, like... Yeah, but, what, but if it was that, why would there be, like, three... There's at least three of them down there. I don't know. So I just have no idea. Maybe so you can, like, do multiple cremations at once and just sweep them out into a box? I don't know. Would, I mean, would somebody be like, you know what my sewer needs? <laughs> a crematorium. You know. <laughs> why not? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. So she has her flashlight still and can see fingernail scratches on the inside of her box. Sketchy. Ugh. There are some holes that she can see through across the room, and she sees another box. We hear a door slam, and Joe says, hello. From inside the other box, a girl says, is anybody there? Joe says, your name's Teresa. Uh, Teresa says, yes. Joe says, this won't make you feel better, but I'm here to rescue you. (laughs) Poor timing. I know. Teresa (laughs) says, he's out there. He's going to kill us. Joe says, no, he won't. We're getting out. My friends are looking for us. They'll find us. Then Ghost Holmes is there. His hand reaches right through the tiny holes that Joe is looking out of, and he grabs her hair and rips out a chunk of it. Owie. Ugh, so gross. That would hurt. We cut to Sam and Dean using a metal detector to find an old opening to the sewer. Um, they actually find one, which, I mean, seemed pretty ridiculous to me. <laughs> and they go down. Uh, we cut to Joe in her coffin box. Holmes is saying, you're so pretty. So beautiful. Oh. Yeah. Joe says, go to hell. Then Ghost Holmes reaches his hand in again and starts caressing her head. Sketchy petting. His hand runs down her shoulder to her arm and she manages to stab him in the hand with her dad's knife. And he disappears. I mean, but like, why wait so long? She let him get all the way down from like her head to like... Maybe her she, elbow yeah. before she like. I Maybe don't she know. just needed like the right leverage in her position. To I sure stab, hope so. Because that was pretty gross. It's like, oh, get it off. Yeah. <laughs> he disappears, and she says, "How do you like that? Pure iron, you creepy ass son of a bitch." <laughs> then Ghost Home reaches back in and puts his hand over her nose and mouth, so she starts to suffocate. Um, then Sam and Dean are there, and they rock salt shoot the spirit, so he disappears. Sam finds another coffin box, but it's filled with a decaying body. And, like, looks somewhat freshly decayed. It's like, pretty Like, not gross. dried out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's gooey for sure. So Dean gets Joe while Sam gets Teresa out. Joe says, let's get the hell out of here before he comes back. But Dean says, actually, I don't think you're leaving here just yet. Remember when I said you being bait was a bad idea? Now it's kind of the only one we got. 
So we cut to Joe sitting alone in the metal coffin sewer room. <laughs> looking, she's looking very twitchy. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> Holmes materializes behind her and Dean uh, shoots. Um, nope, that's not what he does. Holmes materializes behind her um, and Dean shouts now. Sam shoots a bag of salt above the doorway so it blocks the entrance. And we see that salt already lines the walls of the whole room. So ghost Holmes is stuck. We cut to Sam and Joe standing around the sewer opening hole in the ground. <laughs> I don't know. That was a weird <laughs> sentence. <laughs> the sewer opening hole. Whatever. It's fine. Um, Exit. Entrance. Hey. I mean, neither of those would work. <laughs> you don't like opening hole in the ground? I mean, you know, it could be better. <laughs> Entrance does sound a lot better. <laughs> Anyways, um, Sam says, so is this job as glamorous as you thought it would be? Joe says, well, except for the pee your pants terror. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but that girl Teresa is going to live a life because of us. It's worth it, isn't it? Sam says, yeah, it is. Joe says, hey, what if somebody finds that sewer down there or a storm washes the salt away? Sam says, both very fine points, which is why we're waiting here. Then Dean pulls up with a cement truck. Joe says to Dean, you ripped off a cement truck? I mean... <laughs> Dean says, I'll give it back. And they fill up the hole with cement. Dean says, well, that ought to keep him down there until hell freezes over. Joe looks very impressed. I mean, you know, as you should be. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut to Sam, Dean, Joe, and Ellen in the Impala headed back to the roadhouse. Everyone is quiet. Dean says, well, you really weren't kidding about flying out here, were you? Ellen doesn't respond. So Dean says, how about we listen to some music? And turns the radio on. Ellen turns it off immediately. And Dean says, this is going to be a long drive. <laughs> I like that the song was something about being ice cold, yeah. too. You know? You're as cold as ice. Yeah. yeah. Like, Ellen's like, fuck no. We're not doing <laughs> not this. the best. Yeah. <laughs> the best situation to play that song in, I feel. <laughs> so they get to the roadhouse. And Dean says, Ellen, this is my fault, okay? I lied to you, and I'm sorry. But Joe did good out there. I think her dad would be proud. Ellen says, don't you dare say that. Not you. I need a moment with my daughter alone. So Sam and Dean walk outside. Joe says to Ellen, you're angry. I understand. Ellen says, angry doesn't begin to touch it. Joe says, let's just think about this. Everything's okay. I'm alive. Ellen says, not after I'm through with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tempo. Yeah. Joe says, is this about me hunting or something else? Ellen says, you let those boys use you as bait. Joe says, they were backing me up the whole time. Ellen says, that is why you do not have a sense to do this job. You're trusting your life to them, like father, like son. Joe says, John, I thought you and John were friends. What aren't you telling me? And we cut to Sam and Dean waiting by baby. Joe comes storming outside and walks past them. So Dean follows her. He says, that bad, huh? Joe says, not right now. Dean says, what happened? Hey, talk to me. And touches her arm. She says, get off me. Dean says, sorry, I'll see you around. I mean, which, hi, she's being kind of bitchy. I would too. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Joe says, it turns out my dad had a partner on his last hunt. Funny, he usually worked alone. This guy did too. But I guess my father figured he could trust him. A mistake. The guy screwed up, got my dad killed. It was your father, Dean. Why do you think John never came back? Never told you about us? Because he couldn't look my mom in the eye after that. Just get out of here. Please. Just leave. She walks away. And credits. Okay, like... Dude. Why would you be mad at him? It's not his fault. Just because his dad screwed up doesn't mean that I know. he's the problem. I you know. know. Like, well, I think it's because Dean used her as bait. But, like, she was all gung-ho in the beginning of the episode to be used as bait. It was, like, what she wanted. That's, like, she literally, like, there would have been nothing that they could have told her that would have changed her mind. Yeah. And, like, that's... One of my thoughts, like, why would you let her, first of all, for Dean, why would you let her go past you in the tunnel? Like, you could block her way easily. Right. You know, like, just be like, oh, it's too narrow. We need to turn around and go back. Like, what's she going to do? Shove you out of the way? I don't think so. She's, like, half your size. You know, like, come on. Like, he... He was protecting her, but also at the same time, like, let her get into the bad situation to begin with. So, I don't know. That kind of was like, dude. 
Also, like, I'm not really sure if she is pissed at him. Like, I think she's just, like, overwhelmed with emotions about this new information about how her dad died. Yeah. You know, that she didn't know. And she just can't deal with Dean in that moment. Yeah. You know. But it still sure comes off like she's pissed at him. And, yeah. And I so I think that any, like, romantic ideas she had for Dean are gone now. Yeah. Because you don't really see that again from her. I mean. Mm-mm. Not really, but also at the same time, I don't know, to me, not like they're ever, like, she's not, like, flirting with him necessarily, but you can tell that she, like, genuinely likes him. Oh, yeah, I think she likes him as a person, but I don't think she feels romantic about him. Maybe she does, but I I just don't remember. it's hard for me to tell, yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe, but also, it's kind of one of those for me that I was never really sure about any of that, you know? Yeah. could she be, like, totally in love with him? Sure. Could she also, like, be like, dude, we're just buddies? Like, yeah. sure. You know, they're, I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We'll have to, but, like, really keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Um. Also, oh, my gosh. So, when they opened up that sewer lid thing yeah. <laughs> in the field, there were so many bugs crawling Oh, my around. God. They like, were. What were they? They weren't spiders, They were looked they? like cockroaches or something. Gross. And that's just not okay. That is so gross. I mean, those suckers fly, and, like, they're going to get in your hair, and, like, in everything. They're Mm going to be in your mouth, in your hair. I don't like it. Down your shirt. I don't like it. None of that is okay. Yeah. None of it. Ugh. Also, um, they looked so tiny when they were crawling through the little crawl space in there, like, on their hands and knees through that little river. They were, like, army crawling. Yeah. Like, they looked so huge in that tiny little tunnel. I know. I was like, okay. I was just, like, claustrophobic watching it. Yeah. It's like, you're Ugh. not going to be able to make it through that. Yeah. You're not going to. But also, Sammy's cast, you know, like, put a, bl- a plastic bag right. on that. Right. You know? I know. He's, like, crawling through water. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he probably is used to, like, getting things casted or whatever. He could probably do it on his own at this point. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Um, but, yeah. So, also... Joe is, like, really good at doing her research. Like, I thought at first, too, you know, I was like, oh, Ash is doing all this, you know, figuring out of the things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, she's holding on her own pretty well. She did a great job. I think she did a great job with the whole thing, honestly. Yeah, Yeah, she did a great job. She got trapped, which isn't so, I mean, amazing. But also, like, she was the one that crawled down there. So, I mean, she had to know that something like this could have happened so yeah she did a good job too like when she woke up in her little coffin box you know and saw all those fingernail marks she was like she like lost it a little bit like she cried but she pulled herself together so much quicker than i would have oh yeah like i was impressed with her i was just so glad there was no like fingernails in that oh right like (laughs) i know i no thanks not today satan not today (laughs) i don't want your fingernails (laughs) yeah like i would just be sitting there waiting for them to drop on me out of the woods i know me too (laughs) me too you don't want to touch that that's disgusting that is disgusting (laughs) but anyways so my last thought like how in the world we were talking about this a little bit earlier how would a cement truck keep the salt in place for it like keep the water from getting blocked in right but like it looked like one continuous tunnel. Like, there was never a door or right. anything that would stop it. So, like, how in the world is a cement Oh, no, just they like... did. Remember when they, they made their salt circle around the walls? Those were doors that they, the, the, yeah, the tunnels, they, they, like... they, like, closed that door. So I think all of them were closed. But I thought it had, like, some sort of, uh, like, holes or something in it. I think like... there, was, there was, like, a grate, but then there was doors also. So okay. I, I think, and I didn't remember that until just now, but that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. Access like, how in the world are you going to, like, just dump a bunch of cement in there, this, the salt's going to move, and then you're just going to have, right. like, free spirit again? You yeah. Know? Like, that doesn't... Yeah, but, I agree. I mean, it's pretty clever, though, cement him in. <laughs> yeah. Just I, like his body. I mean, you know. That's what you get. Poetic justice. Yeah. As it were. <laughs> right. But... Yes. Anyways, so uh, what are, what's your favorite moment from this one? <laughs> oh, mine is definitely when Dean says, I should have cleaned the pipes. <laughs> that was not my favorite. It was just so <laughs> unexpected for me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, a, a sudden, like, masturbation reference. <laughs> 
I mean, I just never expect those. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you probably shouldn't expect those most of the time. It was just, it was just totally, totally surprising. Yeah. So I just, I laughed, I laughed, I laughed. (laughs) Also, like, I never want to be Joe in that situation. No. That would be super horrible and awkward. That would be so awkward. I would not want to be. Maybe that's when her feelings for Dean died. (laughs) (laughs) She was just too scared to know it at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I just laughed so much. What was your favorite moment? <laughs> My favorite was when Joe told Dean to untwist his boxers and deal with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that. Not going to lie, I may or may not use that in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing Good. is certain at this point. <laughs> it may or may not happen. You should totally use but it. I kind of want to. Just untwist your boxers and deal with it. Yeah. Like, I could pull that off. <laughs> yeah, I think you should use it. I should. Yeah. I don't know how or when. I feel like that's one of those, like... I feel like you can use it on your wedding day. Oh, Rochelle's getting married, like, so soon. Oh, my this gosh. This week. Yeah. to Monday on Saturday? Yeah. So... Yeah. I know you guys hear this, like, way after we record it, but... It, so you probably won't know until, like... Yeah. <laughs> well... Maybe you what... could... So maybe you can say that to somebody on your wedding day. Just, like, make that your goal. <laughs> Untwist your boxers, your boxers and, and deal, deal with, with it. it. Yeah. I feel like that would be somebody saying that to me, though. <laughs> Just like, calm the heck down. You know? <laughs> okay. I'm making myself sound like I'm like a spaz. Like, okay. I'm, no, I'm you're not at acting the point like that. We're like, you know, by Saturday, if it's not done, it's not going to get done and mm-hmm. just. Let it go. Yeah. Because there is nothing else you can do at that point. That's true. But, yeah. So, on that day, I might, you know, you know, we've got everything for the most part done as far as I know. Like, everything's getting put together. I'm kind of like, my anxiety in the back of my mind is going, you missed something and you missed something huge. Yeah. But the biggest thing right now is getting tense just in case it rains because apparently it's supposed to rain. Oh, that sucks. Glorious day. Yeah. The, it, hopefully it's just in the morning though because that's kind of what it looks like and by the time the ceremony rolls around it's supposed to be dry so That'll we shall see if the bottom of my dress is wet I'm fine with that I just don't want makeup running down my face oh yeah <laughs> before pictures right <laughs> so you know there's that but it'll be just fine I'm sure it'll everything be fine. will be fine but yeah <sighs> wedding yeah <sighs> it'll be fun <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> but anyways so interesting facts for this episode um we got these off of the SuperWiki, right? SuperWiki, yeah. and I think I think IMDb also. Yeah. Um, so this episode is named after a play by the French existentialist Jean-Paul Sartre. Sartre? I'm not sure how you say his name. I don't know. Yeah. I feel bad. I think I've I always can't. just said Sartre, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard the name, so I oh, haven't really? always said anything. I think I only have just because I worked at a bookstore for so long and we yeah. have their plays. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I know. I have no idea. Um, but the best known line from this play is, hell is other people. In the play, three people are locked in a windowless room, expected to be tortured. Kind of like our little sewer system. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Sewer torture is the worst. (laughs) That's the worst type of torture. I know. Like, okay, there's probably worse types of torture, but still, like, being stuck in a sewer underground, no less, is just not a place you want to be. In a fingernail box. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing is good about that. (laughs) Um, No one arrives, (laughs) but by probing each other's sins... Sins? Yes. Dark secrets and thoughts, they torture each other. Okay, I just, like, read that as the end of the sentence, and I don't know. I was like, why does this make... This doesn't make any sense. I get it. It's a list. <laughs> <laughs> it's a list, folks. I okay. can read. Oh, Hooked on Phonics worked real well for me. Oh, uh, you're fine. <laughs> you know, I never did use that. I didn't either. I don't... I mean, I think I know some people that did, but I don't think I it never, was a thing when I was a kid. I don't think it was a thing yet. I think it was, like, kind of a new-ish thing. So, yeah. like, I know some kids that kind of, like, had dabbled in the Hooked on Phonics. <laughs> dabbled in it? Like you dabble in witchcraft. <laughs> sorcery. <laughs> All of it. Phonics sorcery. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, anyways... <laughs> So that's that. Okay. <laughs> that is the play. Um, so, um, 
When Sam is researching H.H. Holmes, we see an old photo of a dead woman. Um, This is, in fact, a photo of one of Jack the Ripper's victims, Elizabeth Stride, not one of Holmes. Um, You know, so it's... Serial killer Yeah, so that was a a real victim. Yeah. Um, Handwriting samples from Holmes and Jack the Ripper's from Hell letter are at least 97% matched, though. So So there's a whole debate. Yeah, his so his from hell letter, I think, if I remember correctly, is a letter that Jack the Ripper wrote to the police, like, during his heyday, kind of, yeah. like, taunting them and stuff. Yeah. So they, um, so some of, some of H.H. Holmes' descendants, I think, um, are trying to figure out if they're the same person. Yeah. Because their handwriting is so similar. I mean, 97% is a lot of percent. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty crazy when you think about it. I mean, yeah, that's, that's convincing yeah um so the reason some of these murders are attributed to holmes is due to at least a few of them being killed by mutilation of their organs and it's thought that only a surgically surgically trained doctor could pull this off Uh, mysteriously these murders took place during a blind spot in holmes's recorded history so So jack the rippers yeah stuff took whoa yeah so the jack the ripper situation or this Mm -hmm. chunk of jack the ripper anyways took place during like a quiet time for holmes so people are kind of like could have been him yeah um but yeah um so this has led many including some of holmes's descendants to believe that hh holmes is jack the ripper that's such a crazy theory i feel like there was a like a documentary recently um about this and they like proved it wrong but I'm not. I'm not convinced. I think it's I still mean, a little bit up in the air. Ninety-seven percent, though. That's pretty amazing. That's a lot. I yeah. mean, that's pretty darn close. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about handwriting analyzation. Yeah. But like, I would assume that if somebody's ninety-seven percent matched, I mean, that means a hundred percent to me. That's that's close enough for me. But I don't know, like. If somebody was, you know, taught in the same way, you know, like how close, because you can, you know, old handwriting and stuff, you know how a lot of like our grandparents' handwriting all mm-hmm. is kind of like similar, loopy, that sort of stuff. That's true. So, like, is it that sort of situation where it's like the styles are similar, but not mm-hmm. like, because I know now, as far as like the analyzation sort of stuff, they'll like, they can scan papers and all that sort of stuff and like check like, how heavy they are on certain parts of the right. letters and all that sort of stuff, which, like, did they have that back then? Well, it's know. a new, it's yeah. a new analysis. So you would think that... So they're using that technology on yeah. it now. And, you know, maybe he's, like, writing at a different angle to try and, like, mm-hmm. pull it off that way. I've always kind of wondered about that. Like, if I were to write how I normally write and then write, like, with my hand at a different angle, like, would they match? Yeah, I don't would know. Would they be close enough? You know, like, that's kind of an interesting... Yeah. Like, how in depth does it go you know like, yeah, i don't know that's how fascinating would they be able to put that together mm-hmm. like could i potentially fool somebody with my handwriting if i just like wrote it at an angle not that i would be like why would i ever need to do that but like still you know yeah the things that so you think weird. Of. yeah <laughs> shower thoughts right <laughs> <laughs> toilet thoughts if you will yes <laughs> but anyway uh. um so our research for this week um, was from Britannica.com, English, I speak it, um, and it's about H.H. H. Holmes. Um, so he was born May 16th, 1861-ish in Gilmanton, New Hampshire, and died May 7th, 19, or 1896, sorry, <laughs> he lived a long time. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, 1896 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, so H.H. H. Holmes... His name is Herman Mudgett, or was Herman Mudgett. Um, He was an American swindler and confidence trickster who is widely considered to be known as the first American serial killer. Yeah. I cannot speak right now. (laughs) So, um, Mudgett was born into a wealthy family and showed signs of high intelligence from an early age. Um, He was always interested in medicine, and he allegedly trapped animals and performed surgery on them. So sketchy. What a fucking asshole. I know, right? Like, please at least tell me that he, like, gassed him or something. You know, like, oh Yeah. Um, some accounts of his life even suggest that he killed a childhood playmate, which is sketchier upon sketchier. Mm-hmm. Um, Mudgett attended medical school at the University of Michigan, where he was a mediocre student. I love how they, Good. like, underline it, too. He was mediocre. You know, right. like, <laughs> not 
good. Yeah. But, okay. Um, in 1884, he was nearly prevented from graduating when a widowed hairdresser accused him of making a false promise of marriage to her, which is kind of strange to me. Like, so he said, oh, yeah, we should get married. And she was like, you said that we should get married. How come we didn't? And, like, that kept him from graduating almost. Who even knows what it was like, like in that sense back then? You it know just what I seems, mean? I mean, I, I get it because things were different, but it's just kind of strange to me. It like, is, yeah. You're going to withhold somebody's diploma because yeah. they, they lied once, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel they like everybody his, lies. Sullied his good name. Maybe that was a thing. I guess, maybe. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Um... But in 1886, Mudgett moved to Chicago and took a job as a pharmacist under the name Dr. H.H. Holmes. Um, Ta-da, there it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Soon afterwards, he apparently began killing people in order to steal their property. Uh, The house he built for himself, which would become known as Murder Castle, was equipped with secret passages, trap doors, soundproof rooms, doors that could be locked from the outside, gas jets to asphyxiate (laughs) 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 victims, and a kiln to cremate the bodies. So maybe those little shelves were supposed to be like little kilns. Oh, you're right. Maybe. Maybe. Not that I've ever seen one, but that kind of seemed like some sort of fiery furnace box. I don't... (laughs) Fiery furnace box. I don't know. It's not funny, you guys. It's It's not not funny, (laughs) but... It's not funny. Okay. Um, at the reputed peak of his career during the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago. In, Which is the World's Fair. Yeah. In 1893, he allegedly seduced and murdered a number of women, typically by becoming engaged to them and then killing them after securing control of their life savings. Like, what a dirty rat. Yeah. So he just did all this killing just for money. All like, of it, seduced all of people yeah. to kill them to get their money. Like, right. that's almost worse because you're, like, playing on emotions, too. You're not just like, oh, I, like, tricked you into some, like, contract or something right. like that. This is like, a, I'm playing you on all levels. Yeah. Like, sick guy. Um, Mudgett also required his employees to carry life insurance policies, naming him as the beneficiary so that he could collect money after he killed them. Um, he sold the bodies of many of his victims to local medical schools. So, I mean, medical research, at least. I mean, but he just something good. He's just getting money for the bodies, though. It's again, this is true. He's only doing it for the money. Oh, he's only doing it for the money. But at least something good may or may not have come out of it. You yeah, know? like that's kind of like <laughs> I'm trying to be a glass half full person right gotcha. now. <laughs> I'm not convincing myself, even. Uh-huh. But you know, we'll go with it. Um. In 1893, Mudgett was arrested for insurance fraud after a fire at his home, but he was soon released. Um, he then concocted a scheme with an associate, Ben Pitizel, to mm. defraud an insurance company by faking his death, uh, Pitizel's death. After Pitizel purchased a $10,000 life insurance policy, he and Mudgett traveled to Colorado, Missouri, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Texas. Um, where they committed other acts of fraud along the way Mudgett also married. Um, in Texas, Mudgett was arrested for attempting to defraud a drug company and was briefly jailed. Like, briefly? Come on, the guy's a psychopath. I know, how many times has he been briefly jailed? Jeez. I know, right? Like, too many times. He right. should just stay there. Um, while in jail, he met Marion Hedgepeth, a career criminal who agreed to help Mudgett in the insurance scheme with Pitizel. Meanwhile, Pitizel moved to Philadelphia and opened a fake patent office to swindle inventors. Um, after his release from jail, Mudgett traveled to, Pil- to Philadelphia and killed Pitizel. That name is Jeez. hard. <laughs> he then convinced Pitizel's widow, who had been aware of her husband's involvement in the insurance scheme, that her husband was still alive, later giving her $500 of the money he collected. Oh, big whoop. Out of 10000 was wow. it? Like, come on. Yeah. That's like... It's nothing. That's nothing. I mean, back then it was a lot. But sure. still, like, that's not going to get her through much, you know. Um, worried that some of Pitizel's five children might alert the authorities, Mudgett killed three of them. Aww. Um, Insurance investigators were alerted to the fraud by Hedgepeth. The reasons for Hedgepeth's decision to inform on Mudgett remained unclear. 
and Mudgett was arrested in Boston, Massachusetts in 1894. He was tried in Philadelphia for the murder of Pitazol and was sentenced to death. Like, just the one? Wow. What? Just the one? <laughs> you know, wow, like, that's How did they crazy. not dig a little bit further into that? Yeah. I feel like people talk, and especially back in the old days. Oh, you yeah. Know, like, I mean, not that people don't talk now, but, like, I don't know. That's, like, what you do. You don't go on Facebook and scroll mindlessly. You right. talk to the neighbors, you yeah, know? Like, totally. So, uh, you know, although if all the neighbors are gone, then what are you going to do? Right. Um, so, Mudgett confessed to 27 murders. Um, he later increased the total to more than 130. Holy crap. Um, though some researchers have suggested that the real number exceeded 200. Um, Mudgett sold his story to the Hearst Corporation for $10,000. <laughs> Like, literally Jesus. in his last, like, dying acts, he was like, here, I'll sell you my story for this much. You yeah. can talk about it if I if you pay me. Ugh. Like, he's dying. What is he going to do with all this right. money? Like, you can't do anything with that. No. Like, ugh, what, what a creep. twisted man. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your idget or ass butt moment? So my idget moment was today. I was dropping off, or I was supposed to be dropping off multiple things to the wedding coordinator because she's helping with doing, like, the little chalkboard signs. And, oh, like, yeah. We have these little um, hashtag papers that we're going to do so, like, people can, like, if they're going to put stuff on Facebook, they can put the hashtag on it so we can, like, find them. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I was supposed to bring her paper for this, and I went out, and I, like, went to the store, and I bought this paper, and I was like, okay, and I was, like, agonizing over, like, what paper I should get, because, like, what, you know, what colors would go, whatever. Like, not right. that I, I was just kind of like, I don't know what to get, because I know nothing about cardstock people. Oh, like, yeah. Same. <laughs> it was more of, like, a, will this work even, you know? But, so, I finally get all this paper, and then I go, and, you know... The coordinator lives, like, a half an hour away from me, right? So yeah. I get all this stuff into my car, and I get down to her house, and I'm like, okay. And I go, and I'm starting to get all of the, you know, chalkboard signs that I had accidentally left at my house the last time. Yeah. And, like, just different paper and stuff that she might want to use. And then I look, and I left the cardstock at home. Oh, right? no. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And so I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, no. And so I just, like stick my head down in the back of my car and I'm just like, I can't believe I forgot the paper. <laughs> so then I had to drive 20 minutes to Walmart <laughs> yeah. and go and find more cardstock and then turn around and drive back. So at that point, it had been like an hour and a half of driving or oh whatever by the time that I actually got back home. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? And then I had to stop at Joanne's mm -hmm. on the way back from her house going home because I realized that as my parents, you know, threw a bunch of my stuff into boxes to take over to Chris's house, or soon to be my house, I guess, yeah. um, they packed all of the wedding decoration stuff that I needed to give to the florist, which oh, no. I'm giving that to her tomorrow. And yeah. so it's like, okay, you know, so I had to go and spend, you know, $100 on steel buckets and little shiny rock things for mason jars because... Oh, my God. Not, and I'm like, are you kidding me? That's so frustrating. Like, oh, and it's like I had them all separated into a bag with all the ribbons and all that sort of stuff, so I had to go and buy ribbon, too, because now I have no ribbon, and I'm sure it's in a box somewhere in the garage, but how the heck am I supposed to know where it is and I'm not getting it by tomorrow? Yeah. So it's kind of like... So will you oh. be able to return the other decorations or no, because you separated them all out? And well, stuff. the other decorations were just things that people were letting me borrow, right? So I didn't have to pay for any of that, oh, which okay. was super nice. And now I had to go out and buy them anyways because I see. they got packed. And I'm like, ah! So it was just like a whole day of like decoration fiasco for yeah. me. Like... I need to calm down. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be the extent of the stuff that goes wrong. Well, I mean, with the stuff with the pastor and oh, tablecloths right. and all that sort of stuff. Like, we've had a few last-minute changes and, like, oh, by the way, now, you know, we can't find tablecloths, so we have to rent them and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm hoping that the paper fiasco and, the like, the ribbons and rock fiasco mm -hmm. is the last of the fiascos. Right. So. It totally will for be. hoping. Yeah. It'll be fine. We shall see. I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be just fine. It'll be fine. 
by the end of the day, we'll end up married, and that'll be fine. We might be soaking wet if it rains, but it'll be okay. That's fine. You'll be married. That's it'll all that just matters. Add to the adventure, right? Right, right. It'll be totally fine. <laughs> Aww. So it was fine. It was just a lot of running around today, but yeah. So what was your is it or ass butt moment for? Well, our cable bill has been hiked up by like 50 freaking dollars. So I think we're going to cancel it and maybe go with somebody else. I'm not sure. Yeah. But we have a bunch of things on our DVR that we needed to watch before we cancel it. So um, we were behind on Doctor Who. So (laughs) we were like, hey, you know, we have this whole day off together. Let's watch you know, seven hours of Doctor Who. <laughs> I mean, so, why not? And it's like... <laughs> I've done worse with Supernatural. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so so it's like, um, we were watching the, the last season that's been aired, and it's like that Doctor is regenerating at the end of the season. So they're like pretty emotional episodes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, lots and lots and lots of emotions. So, <laughs> like, we watched the first episode, and I cry in almost every single episode of Doctor Who. And so I start crying and I cry so much that like my right eye starts doing this like slow, steady, like single tear leak. Never going to stop. Just like nonstop. So like, like I'm not sad anymore, but like my eye keeps leaking. So then like when I'm watching. Single man tear. Yeah, I was totally single man tearing. Just like a never ending drip. Yeah. So like. And so then I'd watch a new episode and I'd cry because something emotional happened. So then my other eye would do like all the regular crying, but like my right eye was still just doing that slow drip. So it was, and so then we watch them all. And then like at the end of it, I'm so like emotionally distraught that I'm like for real crying. So I just cried for like eight hours. That sounds terrible. But it was so good. (laughs) I'm glad you thought it was worth it. It was, I mean, the, it was, it was really good. It was, it's hard to watch a doctor regenerate because like these newer doctors anyways, you know, they never want to. Yeah. So, and they often get revisited by, you know, old companions. So you have that emotional just baggage. It's just a lot of freaking emotions. And they really, they really like make you feel them on purpose they want you to feel as sad as you can be so yeah anyway i just I cried a lot that's all <laughs> and i felt very idgity your idgit eyeballs <laughs> yes yes specifically the right one so anyway that's all so thank you so much for listening to our podcast you can email us at idgits and aspects podcast at gmail.com the word and is spelled out or visit our facebook page idgits and aspects a supernatural podcast Thanks again. Thank you.